Hi, hi, hello, guys. I'm Rui, and this is Macab Ramblings. So hi, everybody! It's episode 3! Yay! We reached episode 3 and... Abiding by what I have said last week, I would alternate between true crime and supernatural paranormal stuff. So this week, we're going to talk about uh, a topic surrounding the paranormal. More on the scary, spooky stuff. And so... I was thinking about it last week. I was thinking about what, what topic would I actually cover if it's going to be paranormal. There's a lot of different things I could talk about. But then I looked at my mirror. Oh uh, no, at my window. And right over there is my German porcelain doll that was given to me by my uncle. And I just uh, recently named her Victoria. If you could look at the show's logo or the show's picture that accompanies this recording, it's a picture of a window, and that's my bedroom window, actually. And there's this moon lamp in the middle of different miscellaneous objects, and behind that moon lamp, or beside behind the moon lamp, there's this doll in a box, and she's just staring at you. So that's Victoria. She's taken on a cameo in that logo and she would take on a cameo in this episode as well or a shout out i guess you could call that and so <laughs> i have like beat around the bush or just rambled on about how i took on this topic so let's now officially start the episode <laughs> so as i'm sure that you have guessed already just by looking at the title of this episode I'm going to talk about dolls, or more specifically, I'm going to talk about three dolls, three and a half dolls. These dolls are what would people call haunted dolls, and I was originally going to talk about the more famous ones like Annabelle, Robert the Doll, but then I was scrolling through different websites, and I just saw these dolls that I'm not quite familiar with and decided that hey why not research about them right research about the dolls that i haven't heard about much because it's more interesting i'm also learning more about the different dolls that way so since these dolls don't really have a long-ish history i took on three of them and the first one would be lily the lily doll so i was searching Google, Father Google, on the history and what Lily does, but then it gave me two, two dolls. One Lily with a double L, and one Lily with just one L. Just like the flower, right? It's it, The flower was spelled L-I-L-Y, <laughs> if I know how to spell correctly. So, as I have gathered, 
Lily with the double L is more of the haunted doll and Lily with the single L is more of a protector doll. The one who is not supposed to spook its owner. So we're going to cover that in the next few minutes. So let's start with Lily the double L doll, the one who is haunted. So Lily is a haunted doll from Salem, Oregon. Oregon? 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 Do you call it Oregon? Anyway, so Lily's from Salem and is now a full-time resident at the Haunted Museum. This Haunted Museum is... Is it owned by Zach Beggins? And he's from the Ghost Adventures show that I have seen just only a few episodes, I think, when I was uh, younger. So he, Zach Beggins, found this doll inside an antique dealer's shop and uh, an antique dealer found Lily and Lily was hidden in an antique chest then took her into his house the antique dealer took Lily back into his house so while Lily is in his house the antique dealer began having recurring nightmares about a little girl who had a very bad accident and I put a note uh, right below this uh, paragraph and it says this reminds me of the Dibuk box I don't know if you guys know the Dibuk box but it's one of the most haunted objects I think and it's really cool probably end up talking about it in the future episodes so this antique dealer said that the details of his nightmares were too disturbing to tell and so I searched around and I haven't gotten any information on what his nightmares are so he probably ended up like literally not saying anything about it <laughs> to other people the antique dealer then put the doll in his antique shop because of course put the doll that gave you nightmares and sell it in the antique shop uh, and in this antique shop a little girl came in with her parents and spoke to lily for three hours straight catching the attention of everyone in the store <laughs> this just makes me a little i don't know uh weirded out because one of course the kid is talking to the doll for three hours straight and also are they customers why are they inside an antique shop for three hours straight oh <laughs> what, what is this family doing in an antique shop with that long so the little girl that was speaking to lily said that lily is a real child and then told the staff working at the antique shop that Lily is a little girl that was subjected subjected that was subjected to extreme violence. So just a theory, just guessing. Maybe that's what the antique dealer dreamt about. You know, recurring nightmares. He dreamt that he was the one being subjected in extreme violence. Mm-hmm. So Zach Pagans, yeah, from the show Ghost Adventures, he bought Lily. For his haunted museum, I would want to go and visit that haunted museum and just be surrounded by different oddities. That's just, hmm, yes. And so when he was buying Lily, the older woman uh, that's manning the shop while he was going to buy Lily had to physically touch Lily to get her down from where she was perched high inside the case. At that time, the older woman looked flushed and began to panic. She repeated over and over, I must wash my hands. I must wash my hands. She then was immobilized as she began to have sharp pains in her stomach. And once again, I guess, a hypothesis, not 
hypothesis is a very smart guess, but just a guess that maybe Lily was hit in her stomach and she's like passing her pain to different people. No? So, oh yeah, I put it in my notes as Lily's probably not that of an evil doll, but probably showing that she got hurt in her stomach a lot is what my guess is. Because I searched around in a lot of different sites and not much not there's no history actually I, I don't know where Lily came from I just read stuff where uh, at the time where she's already being sold so I don't know her history and the only thing that I the only reason why she circulated around different articles in the internet is because mostly because Zach Pagans bought her and that he made a post on Instagram about acquiring her I found this article that the author of the article was skeptic as to if Lily is actually a haunted doll or just being advertised as such because there's not much of manifestations around her except for the nightmares and the other stuff or there's not much evidence as of yet maybe in the future there would be or if you have experiences relating to the Lily doll, email me at macabramblings.com. Woo! <laughs> Plug. Anyway, let's continue. So apparently, Lily is an 1800s German doll with, get this, real human hair. Mm. Is that even legal? I don't know. So Zach felt immense energy the moment he saw the doll and both parties agreed it was late. It was fate. <laughs> and both parties agreed it was fate that she now resides at the Haunted Museum in Las Vegas, which I would very much want to go to. So as I've said that Zach Began posted an Instagram about Lily and I'll read his caption. It says, My haunted doll Lily. She has real human hair and has caused many nightmares. Her disturbing, story, <laughs> her disturbing story was told to me when I found her in a small antique shop in Oregon. The woman working there that day was so happy to see her go and was badly affected by removing her from her case, which was interesting to witness. Uh-huh, <laughs> seeing an old woman crumple down in pain. We have captured a childlike figure behind Lily in a full-spectrum photo at the haunted museum. Her eyes are dark and cold, but I find her energy to be comforting. But that's just me. So I searched is what is a full spectrum photo because I'm not a photography expert. <laughs> and apparently a full spectrum photography uses a camera that captures more light than an ordinary camera. Cameras used for full spectrum blah 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 it's a tongue twister. Cameras used for full spectrum photography also capture other elements like ultraviolet and infrared images. So there, that's basically all that I could get from Lily with the double L. I'll post a picture on Instagram, so if you haven't seen it yet, go to Instagram or Twitter. Uh, now, I've talked about Lily with the double L. Let's talk about Lily. Blah, 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 blah. Let's talk about Lily with the single L. So Lily with a single L is mostly more of a talisman. You'll know, uh, what the moment, the moment, uh, you'll know after I talk about her. So historians tracked Lily's background to the early 1600s, so whoa, that's way, way, way long ago. 
unearthing reports of occult practices, pagan rituals, and warding rites, yes, and warding rites imported from Europe by the Dutch colonists of Lower Manhattan. So, Lily's a mo mostly at 1600s, she's a handmade figurine that were left out to frighten off local spirits and New World ghosts. A New World ghost? What is a New World ghost? An archaic custom dating back to the Vikings and the Romans. The conquerors of foreign lands brought with them a piece of their folklore as protection. The original Lily, I don't know if she looks the same as the Lily now. The original Lily was delivered to a paranormal research group from its owner who stated, I found her outside my door one morning with a note that said to not put her by mirrors or in the same room I sleep in. I gave her a flashlight so she could drain the batteries, but instead she made my lights flicker at night. Lily said, bitch please, I'm more powerful than draining batteries in flashlights. I'm going to flicker your lights. So my cat would not go near her and my dog would just stare. At times I would be woken up from a dead sleep smelling burnt toast or sometimes a sweet fruity smell. <laughs> in my notes I said, is she trying to cook? Can somebody just feed her? <laughs> she just wants to eat. So, and Lily's favorite color is red. That is all I know. So upon further research, Lily was crafted to mimic the infamous Elizabeth Bathory the East, E-A-S-E-D. I just know Elizabeth Bathory, but I didn't know that's her full name. And in doing so, the tradition stated she contains part of the Countess's menace. So who's Elizabeth Bathory? She is apparently a noblewoman condemned in the 1600s for killing over 650 people. And I've heard about her and most of those 650 people are young women, young beautiful women, and these young beautiful women are mostly peasants. They are daughters of the people in the village and they go to Elizabeth Bathory's mansion, castle, castle I think, so she could, they could work under her and just do maid stuff but ended up getting killed and their bodies drained of blood. Rumors, I don't know if it's real, but rumors is that she drains the women's blood, put it in the bathtub of some sort, and then bathed in it so she could like have immortality or immortal youth or remain young forever. I don't know if that's like the actual story behind it or it's just the most popular circulating rumor about Elizabeth Bathory. But that's when I first heard of her. So Elizabeth Bathory is referred to as the Blood Countess or the Countess Dracula. And she is also thought to be one of the origins of Bloody Mary. Another topic that I would probably end up talking about, Bloody Mary. I did say that I searched Google for the Lily doll and two Lily dolls popped up. The first Lily is the haunted doll that is in the haunted museum. And this Lily is... I actually found her in... I think it was Ghost Adventures or a site that actually <laughs> sells Lily dolls. So Lily is a limited edition doll to reproduce alongside the original Lily. So, <laughs> so there's this interesting advertisement and this advertisement is said, uh, I'll read the advertisement. It says, use Lily to ward off other ghosts and ghouls around Halloween. Put Lily on the porch. Hang her on a door, put her on a shelf, 
or use her to scare friends, family, and children, make Lily move around and appear in a different place for others to find each morning, terrify children, scare your friends and family. Lily is a new Halloween season tradition and great for the entire year. Lily will ship within three business days of your order, so grab your Lily now. <laughs> Loki, I really, I kind of want a Lily. I love how it like says, scare children. <laughs> Just terrorizing children? And these lily dolls, there are different types of lilies. It says each lily each lily is different. They each have their own temper and tastes. They each have their own personalities. Once you get to know your own lily, you have to treat her with the respect she deserves. <laughs> so there's this lily girl on a porch and she's like just on a porch and she wards off ghosts. She likes to hear music and feel included, and she likes to participate. On what? I don't know. She wants to sit beside you when you're eating dinner. She wants to watch TV with you. She wants to record a podcast with you. Lily, are you here? <laughs> and there's also this Lily the Countess, which is like the one that I have talked about, Elizabeth Bathory. So Lily loves the spotlight. This Lily loves the spotlight. She likes to be at the center of things. Take photos with your Lily. Post them to your social networks. Lily, are you going to hack my Instagram now? <laughs> uh, the ad specifically says that it's good to take Lily out with you, especially during Halloween. Don't just put her on the porch. Take your Lily in the car, around town, shopping, and even to the movies. Take Lily out on a date. <laughs> and there's a lot of things to do with Lily. You can make a carriage from a spare pumpkin. Make Lily the thing they see through your letterbox. Put Lily in places where you wake up. Make Lily move around and appear to a different place for others to find each morning. <laughs> and there's a lot more things, but the most one that I really, really like laughed at is Lily works just as well on a ceiling. So just hang Lily on the ceiling. <laughs> just put Lily everywhere. Make her part of the family. So I know this just became like more of a funny thing than a scary thing, but I found it really interesting. So... I added it here. <clears throat> so that's about it with Lily the single L. So now let's go to our second, technically third, but I grouped Lily with the double L and Lily with the one L together. So now let's go to the second doll, which is Mandy the doll. So this one is actually pretty freaky. If I have this doll, I'll probably end up don donating it to the museum as well. <laughs> so. Mandy the doll is one of the most popular haunted dolls in Canada, so we go to Canada now. Mandy's latest home, where she is currently, is in the Quesnel Museum. It's Q-U-E-S-N-E-L. Quesnel Museum in Quesnel, British Columbia. Please just correct me if I'm saying these names wrong. I'm not in Canada. So, what does Mandy the doll look like? I'm gonna post another... Uh, I'm gonna post all of their pictures in Instagram, but... A still describer here. It says, Her cracked face, uh, the site that I got this from says, Her cracked face is twisted in a sinister looking half smile. Her eyes seem to track your movements, and electronics have a habit of acting haywire in Mandy's presence. So Mandy's believed to be a century old. She's an old doll, and she's estimated to be around 114 years old. And she was donated to the Questel Museum back in 1991. Uh, so the donor, when the donor donated 
Mandy to the museum stated that Mandy was getting old, she was fragile, and she did not want her young daughter playing with it and further damaging it. Which makes sense if you have like a pretty old doll or a pretty old object, you probably don't want it to be uh, tinkered with and then get broken because the history behind the object is precious, or at least for me it is. The doll, named Mandy, had belonged to the woman's grandmother, but rather than being sad to be parted with what should have been a treasured possession, the woman seemed anxious to be rid of it. So that's a flag. <laughs> I probably put it as a flag. Why are you so happy about this? So Mandy was taken to the museum's workroom to undergo some maintenance before it could be placed on display. Because you have read somewhere, I haven't written it down in my notes, unfortunately, that when Mandy was getting donated, She's like, she's not clean, her clothes need to be washed, and so she, need, she needed to undergo some maintenance. Uh, the doll was enclosed in a plastic bag to test whether bugs had infested it. So any bugs or insect leaving the doll would be caught by the bag, thus letting the museum staff know of infestation. And then they could take care of the infestation and clean her all up. However, the realistic looking scarred doll being placed in a plastic bag added to the uneasiness the museum staff felt when they looked at it. So those working in the same room as the doll swore they heard the bag rustle as if the doll had moved inside. And it was not insects causing the movement either. The doll would change positions. <laughs> That's kind of creepy. So after they felt very unsettled, very uncomfortable at the fact that they cannot see an infestation but the doll keeps on changing positions. They cleaned her all up, and then, when she was ready, Mandy's going to go through her first photo session. It's, it's a process for all artifacts at the museum, so for the record books mostly. So Mandy was photographed and then left in the lab overnight. The next morning, when staff re-entered the lab, they found it had been messed up. Smaller objects had been thrown about the room and across the floor. Larger, heavier objects just pushed over on the spot. So it looks like just someone had a party and had a rage in there and just threw things around. <laughs> and this would happen anytime Mandy was left in a room by herself overnight. So they ended up thinking that the mess was because of Mandy. That she would, it's like a child throwing a tantrum inside the room because she was left alone. And so more uncomfortable feelings occurred. So when Mandy was finally placed on display within the museum itself, she was one of the first things visitors would see, so she's just placed near the entryway. Just There's just something about dolls that kind of creep me out. I know I talked about Victoria being in there, but she still, she still creeps me out. The visitors would mostly feel uneasy when looking at the doll. There seemed to be something incredibly wrong with it. At times, photographs taken of the doll would not turn out. They would be blurred or have strange light anomalies present in them. So because the customers and the visitors of the museum felt uneasiness a lot of the time, it came to a point that Mandy was placed farther back, further back in the museum, in her own glass display case. So she was deemed not good to be in, near the entryway and just put in a room further back. Understandable. So Mandy apparently has been described as Canada's Annabelle, after the famous Annabelle doll. And she even once appeared in the Mortal Williams show. Mortal? Montel? The Montel Williams show. A show that I do not know. But if you do, you could go and watch her appearing there, I guess. Is she in the case? Someone holding her just, just out of the case? 
So because of all this uneasiness and uncomfortable feelings, the curator of the museum decided to go and bring in a psychic to examine Mandy. So the psychic, after examining Mandy, claimed that the spirit of the deceased little girl possessed porcelain doll. Upon quote-unquote reading the doll, the psychic felt that it had suffered much abuse, but it was not the doll who was suffering, but rather the spirit that inhabits it. So, because of this, because of uh, the story about the psychic deciphering that this was this was occurring within the doll, that the spirit is the one who is manifesting these things, an origin story developed, which I am not quite sure if it's real or just legend, you know, another urban legend just passed through mouth to mouth, but this is what the origin story is. So yeah, this cannot be proved, it may just be legend, but it is believed that the doll was found in the cellar of an old farmhouse. The origin story goes that a man was walking past the farmhouse when he thought he heard some crying coming from within. The odd part about this child's cry was that the passerby knew that the farmhouse was supposed to be empty, it is abandoned, so no child should have been present. So he walked up to the drive and knocked on the door. No answer. The crying continued, so he had to look around. He entered the empty farmhouse and discovered the crying came from below his feet. Not knowing how to access the building cellar from the inside, he went back outside to find the external entrance. So he opened the storm doors, light illuminated the room, and he made a shocking discovery. The body of a young girl, long dead, lay on the floor, a doll held in her arms. It is not known why the girl was in the cellar in the first place, whether it was by accident or some form of crime or punishment. Regardless, it is believed that when she died, her spirit decided to inhabit the doll, and this doll is Mandy the doll. The doll is most likely possessed by the spirit of a young little girl who only wants from who, who only wants attention from people around her. That's why the doll is mischievous and never violent towards humans, but still creepy, still scary, still creepy. So obviously, hearing the psychic's comments, the curator got curious. This curator visited the doll's donor that said that she's donating the doll because it's old and she doesn't want her young daughter to play with it in case it gets broken. Uh, so she, she visited the doll's donor and then the truth got out. The woman didn't get rid of the doll because of her daughter as she had originally claimed. So yeah, uh, I saw a site that says something logical that if they only doesn't want her daughter to break the doll, she would have then just placed the doll in a box and out of reach, put her in like a storage place that she donated in the museum. I guess if I have like a very, 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 very old object, they probably try and donate it to the museum in case I accidentally destroy it. But So the woman, the donor, claimed that she heard the baby crying, the baby crying just like in the farmhouse, in her basement, just like in the cellar. <laughs> the bizarre sound would echo up through the halls from the basement, and oftentimes it was so loud it couldn't be ignored. Oh, just imagine that. You're in a house and you know, you just know you don't have a baby, but there's the sound of baby crying. It's so loud that wherever you are in the house, you can just hear the baby crying. That's just, eh. I could just, I would just leave the house and Mandy, the, the, the house is yours. <laughs> 
She then went into the basement to investigate. Oh my gosh, so brave. It was just Mandy and an open window with a breeze blowing onto curtains. But who opened the window? They do not know. Apparently, this happened regularly. The donor then decided to find a new home for Mandy. But there's another version of it, and this version says that... Everything else in the beginning of the story is still there, like the baby crying, it's reverberating all around the house, and it's in the basement. But this time, it says that upon arrival in the basement, they found nothing but an open window, and this time Mandy was missing, only to return the next morning. So whichever of the two is the real story behind Mandy, I do not know, but I saw these two versions of the story. So once the donator donated Mandy to the museum, the crying stopped. So not only the visitors felt uneasy but the employees as well. So the employees claim that Mandy has tapped on her glass enclosure. At one time, a toy lamb was placed inside Mandy's case, which didn't thrill Mandy at all because the lamb lamb was found outside the case. There's another version that Mandy, uh, this lamb isn't a toy that is given to Mandy, but it's a toy that's always been with Mandy. I don't know which is the real one, but they would always find the lamb outside the case without anyone putting the lamb anywhere else but on Mandy herself. So the doll hasn't ever harmed anyone. She just spooked everyone else. Supposedly, she is childlike and just throws temper tantrums whenever she isn't happy. Mandy is also known as a prankster and enjoys playing pranks on museum employees and volunteers. So, what are these pranks? Employees' lunches, pens, pictures, and personal items have disappeared. Some items show up while others are still missing. So she just plays hide-and-seek, I guess. So another thing that's why people are very uncomfortable with Mandy is that her eyes apparently follow your every step so her eyes move so in 1999 a book titled supernatural stories around british columbia profiled mandy and the museum i would want to have that book and read it as well so mandy had to be put in her own special locked glass so she's in a glass container keeping her away from the other dolls because apparently she would quote-unquote harm the other dolls because she would she would just topple them over in the middle of the night due to some sort of jealousy so she just wants to be the only doll in that museum so she had to be put in a glass enclosure another disturbing thing is the staff would hear ghostly footsteps when they were alone they would begin slow and distant but then they would speed up and sound like they're coming towards you one staff said that the faster i ran the faster she would chase me just she wants attention, but that's scary. <laughs> Especially if you can just hear footsteps and not hear anything at all around you, but the footsteps come just suddenly speed up and it, the footsteps just feel like it's coming so much nearer to you that you don't see anything. So Mandy apparently was not given a permanent place for a while because it seemed that she was not happy with any of her former placements. At first, she was placed in the front window facing all of the visitors that's in the entryway i guess she was quickly removed after people began to complain of headaches after looking at her some of them says that they were followed by disturbing nightmares of mandy watching or harming them in her sleep which i think is a contrast from what they said about her being mischievous and not harmful at all or 
is the dream world an exception? It's fine if, if you give them nightmares and harm them in their sleep. I don't know. So naturally, she got moved all over the place. She just placed in her different rooms. She was placed in a section with some other antique dolls. But she toppled the other doll dolls up and some of them turned up torn up and destroyed. But on top of that, she refused to be alone. So when she was moved to a room without other dolls with her, she doesn't want to be alone. And she throws tantrums with papers scattered across the room and just toppling things all over. So aside from all of that, people have had some issues even photographing or videotaping Mandy as I've said in the first part of talking about Mandy. So camera batteries go dead or devices malfunction and the staff has started to recommend asking Mandy if it is okay to take her picture. Devices seem to work more reliably if you do so. Mandy doesn't like her privacy invaded. Ask permission first before you take a picture. So one of the... Uh, oh, Honey, so Honey Affleck, who's the chair of the museum, said that you try and videotape her and your camera light will go off and on. And we have had people who have said that the lamp that always sits on Mandy's lap wound up underneath her display case. So to date, she has done nothing particularly evil. Some investigators claim that it is just the spirit of the little girl, lonely and sad, but there are so many similarities between her and the other demonically possessed dolls. Sometimes it just takes a little longer, so keep an eye on this evil little doll. So maybe in the future, she shows that she's not really harmless. Though, it's just sad that what if, what if, what if you could just play with her like a doll? Like you could, what is it? You can pay to not pay, but you can just visit her and then play with her like a normal doll or a normal child. I wonder what would happen. Will you get cursed? Will she follow you? Oh, but apparently, apparently spirits can, what, do it transfer through touch? Mm -hmm. Will she follow you? <laughs> so that's about it about Mandy. And now we go to the third and final doll for this episode. And this doll, we will go to Japan. So this doll is named Okiku. So in 1918, a century ago, right? That was a century ago, 100 years. In 1918, a young man purchased a doll for his two-year-old sister. So that's Okiku. Japan, around this time of the uh, around this time, is still stuck in the ways of feudalism. So this was the land that many people st still very much believe there are demons, ghosts, vampires, and other creatures roam free. That they believe that a land that their land have goblins and evil spirits that are constantly harassing normal folks and that on February 3rd at that date you could drive evil spirits away by going to shrines and through rituals and folklore practices setsubun events I personally only know stuff about festivals through anime because <laughs> I'm a nerd but these uh, temples, the festivals, summer festivals, Satsetsubun. I don't know, I haven't searched that up. So, in this Japan, in 1918's Japan as well, they believe that lake monsters gobbled kids up, woods like Aokigahara uh, drove people insane and compelled them to suicide. Foxes were sacred and devoted animals. So, 1918's Japan was like that. They also believed that dolls were powerful instruments of magic and you never, ever mess with dolls. 
Hmm. So as I've said, the doll was bought by a 17-year-old man, boy, guy, named Eikichi Suzuki in 1918 in Sapporo for his two-year-old sister, Okiku. So he bought the doll on Tanukikoji, Sapporo's famous shopping street. He was touring the region for a marine exhibition and the doll instantly drew his eyes. So that's why he bought the doll? Suzuki didn't think twice. He went in and instantly purchased the figurine for his sister, using the last of his money for it. That's just sweet. Honestly, an older brother just buying stuff for his little sister, even if it won't have any money left. A good guy. So what does Okiku look like? So the doll is around 40 centimeters tall and dressed in a traditional kimono. Its hair was raven black and cut to roughly shoulder length in a traditional okapa hairstyle. Her eyes were piercing coals that seemed to swallow everything up in their gaze. So, also, I don't know how to explain this, but she kind of reminds me of Zashiki Warashi, which is a fairly popular yokai or spirit in Japan. It's, it's a mischievous spirit that's normally uh, looking like a kid. And this spirit is just roaming around your house and it's believed to be a very good presence because it's gonna give you good luck with the Zashiki Warashi around your house. Kind of reminds me of those spirits. Okiku? Or is it because she looks like a traditional Japanese doll? I'm not sure. So Suzuki, the guy who bought Okiku, or the doll, uh, the doll doesn't have a name as of this point, it's just a doll. So Suzuki went back home and gave the doll to his little sister. Okiku, which is his little sister fell in love with the doll immediately. It transformed into Okiku's favorite doll and more importantly her best friend. So Okiku played every day with the doll, took it everywhere, and treated the figurine like a little sister. She would talk and prattle with the thing, feed it, sleep with it, and it came to the point where she called the doll Okiku, which is a literal duplicate of herself. Then a year later, Unfortunately, Okiku, the human and not the doll, got yellow fever and died because that's what happened back then. So apparently, Okiku died gasping for air in pain and afraid with the doll held firmly in her grasp. She was only three years old. Hmm. So the family wanted to bury the doll along with Okiku because it's her prized possession. But circumstances and governmental oversight prevented this last act of kindness on their part. The doll was never laid to rest with Okiku. So Okiku, the doll, now, was alternatively located in the family's altar, which is a common practice in certain Japanese households to commemorate the dead. It's, as I've said, the things that I know mostly came from anime, but it's, it's looking like a closet with different offerings inside. I think they call it kamidana or... What's that? Depends on religion, I guess. It, the other one is Shinto, and the other one is Buddhism. I'm not quite sure. I'm not. I'm not. Please listen to this and just put a heaping pile of salt on top of it. <laughs> I'm not an expert of this at all. But yeah, she's placed in the family's altar, and the small shrine celebrated their daughter and marked her passing into the afterlife. That is when the weirdness started to occur. One day. The family started to notice that the doll's hair was getting longer. Once a traditional shoulder-length cut with neat ends, you know, the very, very clean cut, 
It's now a mangled mess of split ends reaching down past her waist. It was scruffy, different colors, and felt different. Nails allegedly also grew, so she's like she's growing. At night, they started to dream of Okiko, and sometimes the doll would appear by their side come morning. The chilling events intensified and grew into full-blown acts of spiritual infestation. The lights are flickering on and off. There are bangings, banging noises in the house. There are other types of strange voices. And the closer the year got to certain key dates, it got more intense. And these key dates are mostly Okiko's birthday and the day of her death. So over time, the family was certain and they even, what do you call this? They even talked to the town's shamans or spiritual leaders that, and they agreed that their daughter's soul, Okiku, a human, was in fact trapped within the doll. So, Okiku's soul is inside the Kiku doll. So, knowing that, with the shamans actually agreeing to it as well, they just embraced it. They just like felt happy that the Kiku is still around them and just pestering them like a child that wants attention. And they got used to her presence inside the house. But in 1938, the family had to be relocated to a different district. But they did not desire to take Okiko with them, apparently. And the reason that I have read is that they feared that what fueled her magic was the proximity to their daughter's grave. So they... I do understand that part. Was... So I just thought that maybe the district that they were going to go to is nearer to her grave? Or, oh, oh, or it might be because Okiku can manifest through the doll because she's near the gravesite and they don't want to move the doll farther from the gravesite or they'd experience another, like, quote-unquote death. I'm not sure. <clears throat> so fearing that, yeah, the magic was the proximity to their daughter's grave, the family approached the local temple and asked them to take care of the doll. So the temple, by now, had heard countless stories of, from, of this amazing doll. And they were fascinated. So they just happily accepted the charge and started taking care of Okiko. Over time, they've managed to confirm the veracity of some of the claims. Mostly, the growing of the hair. So the priests absolutely fascinated, have sent out samples of the hair for scientific analysis and allegedly this scientific examination of Okiku proved that the hair was that, of, was that indeed of a human child. So regularly the hair gets a trim, but apparently that's dangerous if you trim the hair of a haunted doll. But apparently the monks started doing it because they dreamt of Akiku asking them to cut her hair. Nobody has been able to explain why the doll's hair keeps on growing, even until this time. As the years passed on, the doll's fame grew and her powers further developed. She's bolder now, invading the dreams of the priest and those that come to visit her. She's stronger, her hair growing faster and wilder, and she's even spookier. This makes me think that she's not Okiku anymore. <laughs> Is she really Okiku? What's happening? <laughs> so the last event driving tourists mad is the frightening claim that the mouth of Okiku Oh my god, this this kind this creeps me out. That the mouth of Okiku is slowly opening and that if you dare to peer inside, 
you may be able to glimpse something like baby teeth sprouting like weeds from porcelain gums. She's growing teeth. Eww. What's happening? What's happening? Is this even Okiku? I don't think this is Okiku anymore. Like Okiku the child. So currently, Okiku is located in her private shrine on display in a little wooden box. And she's in the Manenji Temple in the town of Iwamizawa, Hokkaido, Japan. She's there, waiting for all who want to play with fire and have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with the paranormal. So, this story of the haunted doll has inspired a number of books and movies and traditional kabuki plays. Kabuki plays, uh, kabuki is a play with a highly stylized way of dancing and singing. And they kind of look like dolls as well. Even their makeup style kind of look like dolls. A number of plays was inspired by Okiku, some of which have added even creepier elements like the doll giggling, wailing, or moving around. So, just imagine a doll giggling with her mouth a little bit open, but you can see the teeth growing in porcelain gums. Revel on that picture in your brain as I end this episode. <laughs> so yeah, Okiko is the last doll of this episode. I hope you found this episode interesting. I don't know if I delivered it in a way where it's creepy, but I hope you enjoyed. That's about it. Next week would be a true crime one. I might post a mini ramble soon. Let's see if time allows. Yeah, this is where I would end the episode now. So as usual, uh, if you have anything to say, most uh, and most importantly, stories of anything paranormal, anything true crime, anything spooky, creepy that you want to share, message me at macabramblings at gmail.com. You can also uh, interact with me on Instagram. I post there every time I post an episode as well and just small little posts sprinkled all around just random things in Instagram, Macab Ramblings Podcast, and in Twitter, which is at Macarambles because character limits, it's M-A-C-A -A Rambles. You could also reach me there. And so, yeah, as usual, I shall remind you to eat good food. Drink water, hydrate, always, wherever you are, hydration is important. Get some sleep, get a good break if you really need to. Uh -huh. Stay safe, very, very important. Stay safe, take care of yourself, and stay spooky, everybody. <laughs>